What's tea, y'all? I know some of you are out there right now having a hard time, having problems in your relationships, having trouble with life, or maybe you're on social media swiping and swiping, thinking, why can't that be me? Why can't I do that? Well, I'm here to let you know that you can. This is Create Your Own Story with Terrell Garnett, where we not only help you create your own story, but we let you tell yours too. Let's get into it, y'all. people who you are ah nice all right what um what's up guys you know this is con Kilian. i am originally from detroit but i recently moved maybe about two years ago two and a half years ago to the east coast and i'm a recording artist uh r&b team r&b all day and um my i feel like my life goal is just to be able to bring just different emotions out of people through my music and through my stories i'm a storyteller and uh you haven't checked me out make sure y'all check me out got music everywhere good 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 so the question that i've been asking everyone and i feel like it's something that we all always need to talk about in regards to everything that happened in 2020 so with everything that happened in 2020 how has it changed you molded you um with the social injustice with the presidency mm-hmm. as well as COVID? how has that like defined you now as a person man i feel like <laughs> the way 2020 went, if you weren't changed in any way at all, I don't know where you was at. Like, I, I think, like you said, the social injustice, man, from just being in quarantine and being able to really sit with yourself and you're actually forced to sit with yourself. For me personally, that was one of the hardest things to deal with. I am a busy body. Like, I have to be moving around. I'm a Sagittarius. We like adventure, doing stuff, constantly moving. And this was the first time, like, life told me, like, sit down. Like, and with that, I learned that, you know, I didn't have everything all together like I thought, you know. I'm a type of person that kind of likes to self-analyze a lot and um, try to grow mentally and spiritually and stuff like that. But then I realized, like, boy, you got some work to do. Like, you know, you, you um, I learned that I uh, have this need to be around people or to be in a relationship, like, that was a big one for me, you know, just coming out of one and then uh, not realizing like, yeah, you got all these small situationships and now you can't be in these situationships because we got a whole ass virus, or, you know, going around. And um, and it's literally not safe to do that. So uh, I learned that, you know, that there's definitely some work that needs to be done internally as far as like why that is. Why do you feel like you have to be? in a situationship or whatever, a relationship, um, to be happy. And then also with the social injustice, bro, it was like, I also was forced to realize like how messed up things are in America. Like we kind of get comfortable and I try not to complain too much because we are in better situations than other countries with people that look like us. Like we are, um, in a more, I guess, free environment, if you want to call it that. But there's a lot of stuff that still is the same as it was with our grandparents. And, I, you know, like the stuff that they face is just like, you know, Granny, I get you. Like, I see what you was talking. I know what you went through. Now, it's not me just reading in a book or looking at a documentary. 
you know, um, in school, in class, like, I am facing it right now. And it just shows us that it was really hidden for a long time. And all... Not to cut you off, but you know what I've noticed, no, too, even with you speaking of with grandparents? Like, I've noticed, like, with my personal grandparents, it's kind of like they're, like, numb to the situation. Like, yeah. yeah, they're like, oh, it's just, you know, like, it's like nothing to them. And we're like, you know, not crying, but like, we're like, you know, like, dang, this is so serious. And they're just like, it was way Back. worse back then. Like, this is nothing. And they're just Back. numb to it. Like, it's just another day. Mm-hmm. I, I was, uh, I was raised by my great aunt. And when I would talk to her about certain stuff, she'd be like, yeah, mm-hmm. she was, she washing the dishes or she mind her own business. I'm like, did you watch or hear about what happened in the news? Like, yeah. And I'm like, that's that's all you got to say? Like, just, yeah, like, 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 we over here going through it, you know? Yeah, I think that the difference between now and then is social media. We're able to see racism from people that we, like, coming into now, the 2000s and everything, we, Black people are so, they use us, um, they you know, for their gain, in a sense. Um and because of that, we see us on sports or music, the, the charts and everything that we failed sometimes to realize that we're just a pawn in a sense. And Absolutely. with social media, it's actually put it on the forefront that there's people out here that still just don't get it or they don't care or they're just racist. Yeah. And, and what's crazier, too, is like for those who didn't think they were racist, they finding out like maybe I'm a little more racist than I thought. Like, when they're seeing us have these conversations, whether it's a Facebook status, I don't know what it was about Facebook, but Facebook brought out all the races. Like, people that I've been going to school with, because I went to predominantly white school, and I'm like, oh, you thinking like that? Like, you don't find a problem with what just happened, but you're calling yourself not racist and you're an ally. You can't be an ally if you see a problem or you're trying to tell us how we should react to these problems that we're facing in America. That's a problem. Like, and and they don't want to hear some people don't want to hear that. And it's unfortunate. And for me, I ain't got time to be arguing. So I'm just gonna unfollow, block, and keep it moving. But it does put a strain on your mental health. Like, and I never thought I'd be that guy, but it happened, it hit me. And my biggest thing that that happened to me was I was feeling guilty for not being a part of the protest. Because I'm like, look, I got to be indoors. You know, this virus is real. And I'm watching people protest and go through all of this. I'm like, man, I should be out there. But I'm like, you know what? I'm a recording artist. I can stand up for the injustice and, 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 and be a part of the movement in other ways. But it was a moment in my during that time. I was like, you know what? You got to do it, bro. And I did. I went to one protest. I even vlogged it on my on YouTube uh, with Life of Khan and... It was an amazing experience, but that was, I was feeling real guilty, really guilty, um, feeling like I just wasn't doing enough. I personally didn't protest at all. Like I posted a lot of stuff on social media, but I didn't protest. I wasn't one, COVID. <laughs> um, it, and then two, it was just like, I'm not going to put myself in danger just because of, you know, like in more danger and cause a big of a problem. Um, yeah. And I, one of the protests I was in my neighbor, in my neighborhood or my area, um, there was this guy that was in a truck um, and like ran over some people. And I'm like, oh, see, like this, God. like it was on purpose and the cops just let him go like nothing. So um, it's just, it's really sad. I mean, I, even just yesterday that what you were saying about like, you never realize, you know, how people are certain races. I have uh, someone that I mentor this kid 
And uh, yesterday he posted on uh, on Instagram that um, he doesn't see the problem with saying the N-word and he's Hispanic. And he's, I'm going to say it. And I'm just like, it was like three o'clock in the morning when I seen that. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I got time today. (laughs) Like, like, and we had like this big talk and he just wasn't getting it. And I'm like, you know, like, I don't know how to make you see that you shouldn't use the word. Like you just don't get you know, get it. You know the problem. I, I, what I learned was, at this point in your life, if you aren't doing the work to find out why people of color are telling you specifically why certain things that you're doing is problematic, if you can't figure that out by YouTubing, googling, asking around you, and having an open mind, there's nothing that I can say. And so it's like for me, I. Personally, I can't entertain it because then I start noticing I get angry and it's affecting me. Like it, it lingers on, you know, because it's like an unresolved energy. Like I'm trying to get you to understand and you just refuse to understand. And, and then I can be like, all right, forget you. You can't or I'm done with you. But really, is that energy done, though? That is lingering on. Uh, Amanda Seals had posted um, something and she was saying that we as black people shouldn't be teaching other races about certain things because everything is so evident. So it's their choice to be ignorant. Basically they, they want to not know. Yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah. It's sad. Um, Well, going back to what you said in regards to um, your love life and you may, you said something that uh, you basically had to cope with not being in a relationship and you were struggling on, why why do you need somebody in a sense yeah um what did you come up with um i'm still going through that i'm still figuring that out completely um but one thing i i do know for sure is just the this need for um not necessarily attention but something solid like i'm big on consistency and, you know, especially coming from foster care uh, and then being adopted by your great aunt, not your aunt or your grandma, but your great aunt, taking in. And I had a, a, an amazing childhood thanks to her. Like, God really blessed me when she came into my life. But you have two parents who literally are just not there. You know what I'm saying? And you have the, the, the grandmother, the mother of one of your parents around the corner from you. And you don't have a relationship with her either. So I constantly was shown that people don't last in my life. And so when I got into these relationships, I'm realizing like, oh, you're like, whether it's a good one or not, you need that to feel like, okay, I'm cool. I'm good enough. Like, you know, I, I'm worthy of this type of love or whatever the case may be. And um, and I was like, nah, man, like I, I got to get past that because I know the past is a thing and I know it affects us, but you got to move forward and resolve that because I know that's not the truth now. Like, what was holding me back during those times when I was growing up? Like, I don't want that to affect me anymore, you know? So with with everything that you're saying, it seems as if you stayed or you want relationships to, to basically, you felt, to fill the void, in a sense, that you missed when you were a child. So yeah, yeah. In, in regards to your your project, um, I'm gonna play one of the songs right now. Um, uh, awesome. uh, I'm gonna play uh, Potential.
I don't like starting from the beginning I got issues with hate endings But you've been too many How'd I go from being committed And forgiven to one more distance And no longer feel like I'm the All of these warning signs tell me to go You see the caution tape don't come too close But I know what I'm feeling I can't make decisions I hate that I'm not in control question with that is so there's potential I feel like everybody that goes into any relationship we see the potential out of somebody but even with that potential sometimes it's just potential and then you notice Mm -hmm. as the album title red flags how do you um when you first meet someone how do you how do you realize if it's something that they're going to be able to live up to that you're willing to deal with even though they haven't reached that um and you notice those red flags how do you what Basically, what are the pros and cons that you determine if you're going to stay in this relationship or not? Oh, yeah, that's a big one. Um, For me personally, uh, one, I have to see like, okay, I have to also tell myself this, like no one's perfect, including myself. So as you can see throughout the project, I also discovered I have my own red flags. So with that, I have to be lenient and be like, okay, with this particular red flag, is it something I can handle for the rest of my life? Because the way I look at it is this, the person that you're meeting on the first day, the first month or whomever you're with, if they do, if they decide to not change, you have to be okay with that. And if I feel like I can't stay with someone, and if this girl's like, I have all these problems, and I'm just like, you know what? I think I can work on her with this. I, don't, I shouldn't be in that situation because that means that I'm not 100% happy with her in that moment. And the likelihood of her changing is low. I feel like people don't really change too much. We upgrade. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, you know, and there's always a likelihood that those habits or those red flags can come right back. So are you going to be able to stay with that person throughout that or not, you know? And we all got our own, I guess I would say, like, limits or things that kind of, like, is our breaking point. So you got to really know yourself first. And if you don't know yourself, you really wouldn't know, you know, what you can handle or not. So even, so with some of the relationships or situations that you've been in, you've, like, with the song Red Flag, you said that you stayed in a situation, even though you noticed those red flags. What was the determining factor of why you stayed as long as you did? Um, Literally just... The, the length of time that I, I committed to her and um, feeling like, do I really want to do this all over again? Learn another person all over again from scratch and have to go through the same bull crap all over again. And when you look at it in that way, it's so negative. It's like, nah, I can't do that. I'd rather just stick with her, you know, cussing me out or doing this or doing that in this moment. And I'll just deal with it. Just, you know, let it go in one ear and out the other. Um... And then also being comfortable. It's like you you kind of almost subconsciously adjust to the bull crap, like the toxic stuff. 
you don't realize it, but you, you kind of make excuses for it. And it's like, no, that's problematic. You know, it's time to go. So I think I did that. I got really comfortable, made excuses for the actions, and then I just didn't want to start all over again, you know? And have you, in any of your relationships, have you, you noticed these red flags? Have you tried, because I mean, I don't know if you listen to, if I said it on my second podcast, it's called Green Flags, that sometimes we ignore things that are good mm-hmm. and we only look at the bad. Yeah. So, and, yeah. but with that, even though you see red flags, there's always ways that you can turn those red flags into green flags um, by working with the person. But I feel that sometimes, uh, it, like you said, we get comfortable and we don't want to do the work. Yeah. Um, so has there any, has there been a time for you where you're able to change the narrative of the relationship? I did. Uh, but the problem was that I noticed that I was attracting women that were attracted to the fact that I could do that. And that was the problem. Um, like, yeah, the results came and I'm noticing all these, these differences. But then I also realized when I really peeled back, when the problems were still like coming, I was like, oh, you never wanted to change to begin with. So it starts off, I think, whether it's a red flag or not, you have to see if that person genuinely wants to change and be a better person, not change themselves completely, but like change the things that they can recognize is problematic. I can work with that. Anybody can work with that. There's room for growth because you genuinely, without me telling you anything, want to change. So that's what I look for. Makes sense. Makes sense. I think that a lot of times we find when we get into relationships or we go into things that we we see a potential, we see that this person can be this. And yeah. that may not just be them. Yeah, and yeah. what you see is you, literally what you get. And yeah, we, yeah. we think about, oh, because they're pretty or they look good or whatever the case is, mm-hmm. that we can be able to change them or they'll grow into somebody that they just never going to be because that's not on their life school, you know, course. And then there's yeah, even the, the flip side of things when people do grow, upgrade, change, whatever you want to call it. And everything's perfect, but you guys don't grow and change together. Man, that's a whole nother. <laughs> that is another topic, bro. <laughs> so, and then you see like, oh, this person's changing and it's just like, well, you got to be able to let them grow. Like I always tell people when people get together at a long, their early 20s and stuff, I'm like, that's cool now. You guys are getting married now. But the person that you are at 20 is not going to be the person you're at at 27. Um, and I know for a fact, I've been there. So, um, and it's just, and then they see, and I'm just, I never try to like carp on anybody. Cause when you think about our grandparents, like most of them got married super young and they were there together and they lasted. But at that same time, what did they have to put up with? Usually the man was out here, your grandfather's doing all his dirt and your grandma just put but up that, with it and raised the kids. But that's the thing though. Like when people, I remember like having that same thing, like, oh, so-and-so they've been together since they were 16, they 50 something, nah, and all that. But then you realize like, but it was a different time back then. Like during that time, they didn't know anything about self-care, mental mental health, <laughs> putting yourself first, boundaries. They didn't know nothing about that. that. wasn't really prominent. No one was teaching them that. So when we learned that information and we had those tools, and I was like, wait, so I don't have to put up with this stuff? Like a lot of these couples, they'll be together for so long, but you realize they're not happy. Don't sleep in the same bed. Or even if it's not sleep in the same bed, they just don't like each other. But they doing it for whatever reason or because back then society showed you if you weren't married, you were less than almost in a sense, in a weird way, you know? No, I, to- I totally, totally agree. And you said boundaries. What What are some of uh, the boundaries that you set up when you 
first get into a relationship things that you you know that are not breaking <laughs> like deal point. breakers in a sense something that you're going to put in there um for me now and i feel like sometimes i do still have to monitor it uh my biggest thing is just like are you supportive of what i'm doing first like if you have a problem with my career choice and what it comes with um that's a that's a huge like deal breaker for me and because uh, I've been in situations where literally the girl would just be like, so how long is this going to go for? Like, who is this person that you're in the studio and doing all of that early within a few weeks, a month? I'm like, yo, like, I barely know your middle name and you at, and you <laughs> worried about who I'm in the studio with or, you know. Um, so that's a huge deal breaker for me. And um, also, honestly someone who isn't open-minded like and that's in all ways whether it's trying new foods you know doing different going different places um also parenting like i do want kids in the future so you know that's a huge way to know somebody like what is your parenting style how do you view this how do you view that because a lot of couples break up or have issues because of how they handle each other's their kids together you know um and i'm not scared to ask those questions straight off the bat like early like not on the first date but you know, really early on, like, what is your view on this? You know, and you even got to talk about like religion too, um, spirituality, you know, things like that. I'm a very spiritual person, grew up and was raised in the Baptist church, but I feel like I've upgraded in a lot of ways spiritually from what I was groomed to be like early on. And that's a huge, you know, thing for me. That's good. So um, you said you grew up in the church, not to switch gears a little bit, but um, I always ask this question to people because I always just want to pick their brains on it. So Kim Michelle has this song called um, 10 Minutes with God. So my question mm-hmm. is, if you had 10 minutes with God, what would be the one question you would ask him? Oh, this is easy. Are you happy and pleased with how I'm representing you. Because I feel like my my entire life is just a representation of a version of him. Not the only version, but a version of him. And I really put a lot of emphasis on that throughout my career and just life. So I want to know, is he proud of me? And if not, what could I do to be better? Yeah, that's an amazing question. I know this uh, past year, I want to say it was in March, um, I was going through a, a struggle an internal struggle. I think most of my life, I'm always tending towards other people and making sure everybody else is okay. But I knew at the top of the year that I needed to focus on myself. And I felt like just all 2020 was basically meant for people to just focus on themselves. But with that, I remember like just knowing that I needed to go to God or just be more, have him more present in my life. And it was a struggle though. Not that I was ever doing anything bad. Like I rarely drink. I've never smoked anything, but I just in general, I just felt like I needed to have him more present in my life. And I was struggling with that. And I remember hearing this song by the Waz group called Satisfied. And and it's funny because like, I'm from California, but I always say that I'm from Houston. And I've heard about the Waz group for a few years, and I just never listened to them. And I, I listen, like, uh-huh. my first favorite music is gospel music. So um I never listened to them though and I was just like oh, okay let me just listen to them so I listened to them, I was like oh they're actually good like you know and then yeah, someone's like you, oh man. you know they're from Houston and I'm like what I was like no wonder I like them but um <laughs> with the the song satisfied like it 
put my life into perspective. Like, I'm sometimes we always say like um, we tend to think like, oh God, is God going to be happy with this, or is He going to be pleased mm-hmm. with you know this? And and it really just put that in perspective. Like, am I satisfied with what God's done in my life? Yeah, but is He actually satisfied with what I've done in my life? And after putting that into perspective, after hearing that song, I literally just changed the way that I view mm-hmm. things and just the rest of my 2020. Like, yeah, we've gone through hard things, but it's not about what we go through, but how we handle what we go through. Absolutely. And what you do with it. Exactly. So that's amazing that that's your, your question. But um, let me play another one of your songs. Um, one of my favorites. I'm going to go with Heavy. Hey, Conversations with my ex made a whole lot of shit clearer. I wasn't ready for a real one. Back then I was different. Now that you've been in my head, fucked around and met a new me. Turns out to be the one that you knew, but I never really knew me. Blame it on me. I know that I can never be the gun, cause you got all the ammunition. Don't wait on me. I know. By the way that I communicate, I know it. I know it. When you cry forever, I just wanna finish, and you know it. I know it. Your heart is like a feather. I was heavy-handed, and I know it. I know it. I know it. Step two questions that I want because I want to break down the song a little bit um you, yeah there's a line in the song that said um I thought I was a gun but you're the ammunition or you had the ammunition mm-hmm. what does that mean to you so throughout that relationship um I thought that I was like you know the guy's in control or you're you're the head you know of this this um union I guess and I realized like I am nothing without you in a sense like in my opinion women hold more power than we give them credit for um and in that moment I had to acknowledge that and let her know like yes you were a mess (laughs) and I wasn't innocent either but you were more powerful than I gave credit and that was my way of kind of almost just apologizing for not being better at communicating that during that time that's amazing and then there's another line that you said, your heart was like a feather and I was heavy handed. Um, yeah. <laughs> so elaborate uh, on that a little. Yeah. So typically this girl would be considered or categorized as what you would say is like toxic and crazy over the top, um, emotionally damaged, which, you know, in a sense, the, if the, depending on which lens you're looking at her at, that would be true. But she was a result of her past that I knew about. And so with me knowing that she had a rough upbringing, I should have been more sensitive to that. And when I would see that she was triggered by certain things and acted out in certain ways, instead of me being like, you need to change, this is wrong, I should have been a little bit more consoling and trying to figure out ways to get her through it. And I wasn't. And I and I felt really bad about that. 
And what made me even write this song is because I linked up with her after years of us being broken up. And we always kind of kept in contact, just social media. You know, you double tap something, you may respond to a story or something like that. But I decided to link up with her one summer. I was like, yo, we should talk. She, you know, what I want to talk about, we linked up. And I apologize for all the stuff that I could have done better. Which is crazy because in hindsight, everyone who knew about the situation and between us, we knew that she was the reason we broke up. But I apologize because I had some growing to do and I felt like I could have done better and making sure that at least this transition was a uh, was a little better and not so rough. Um, yeah. Very mature of you. Very mature. I know one of my um, cousins, she's going through something similar. Similar. They're not breaking up. I don't want to speak that over their lives. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we were talking yesterday and I was just like, well, it sounds like, because they moved in together, it sounds like you guys moved in too early. Like you guys didn't know each other well enough. Mm -hmm. So my question for you is how, like, how do you know when it, when to make it official? You know what? I, I still haven't figured that out because it's very situational. It depends on the person. It all depends on where you're at in your life and not just mentally, just like, just in all different ways. Like, you know, I, that's something that I would have to really work on, um, because I was raised as a Baptist, and they say, you ain't moving in until you're married. You know what I'm saying? And I had to, like, it's so funny how the stuff that you learned growing up, like, I feel like a lot of us, especially millennials, we had to kind of re, or we had to unlearn some things. And it's hard sometimes to face, like, okay, I know that I should be doing this, but I still got that little voice in my head, that pastor, that auntie, that grandma, that mama, telling you, like, nah, 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 that ain't it. So... Uh, I'm still I'm still working through that. Um, that's it's going to require me to really trust 100 percent the person I'm with. I will have to really trust her to do that. I mean, that, that totally makes sense. I think that a lot of times we don't mm, things are just easier sometimes in certain things. So, or I notice that a lot of relationships, no one ever asks the other person out. They just been talking yeah. for so long that they just go together. Now they don't even have Whoa. an anniversary date and. Duh. It's like, well, then they do something wrong. It's like, well, I never asked you out anyways, or you never asked me out. So, and it just, it gets complicated. And I feel like that's oh. because of how society is today. And just, uh, let me say this correctly, because I don't want nobody bashing me. But I feel that, yeah, I feel that sometimes women want something so bad that they're willing to mm. deal with whatever the man puts up you know puts in front of them and there's even mm -hmm. I know some women and they're gonna know I'm talking about them right now <laughs> nah. but some some girls are, are okay with the dude cheating in a sense um not yeah. necessarily let me rephrase that they're not okay with the dude cheating but it's not a deal breaker for them yeah yeah uh, and and that goes to show that like well what have you what's gone on in your life that would allow you to be okay. And then with that, now there's the term that all men are, are evil, all men are cheaters and all, which isn't the case. And I always like to say, just because this guy cheated on you or this girl cheated on mm -hmm. you doesn't mean mm -hmm. that they're going to cheat mm -hmm. on the next person. Maybe it was something about yeah. this next person that causes them not to cheat, or maybe they've grown from the relationship that they were in with you. Um, not yeah. to say that there's anything wrong with you, but it mm -hmm. just, 
it turns out that way sometimes. But my thing is too, even with that, is like in order for it to be considered cheating, y'all, y'all gotta talk about what is cheating in the beginning. Like we don't we don't do that stuff because it's like we just kind of like, oh, we in it now. I'm in love. And and you doing all this stuff that you do when you're in love. But it's like, let's talk about who we are, why we are, and what we want and don't want. So if I'm in a relationship and I'm like, you know what, I don't think double tapping on some few pictures is cheating. Or, you know, I don't think if you hanging around your best friend and that's a male, it's cheating. And it's just y'all too. Or maybe I do. You like, you have to, y'all have to have specific conversations on what y'all want and don't want. Then you stuck in a situation where, like you said, a girl, a guy could be like, you know what? You know, that's not a deal breaker for me. When it's really you just adjusting because you didn't communicate properly in the beginning. And you know that what it was that you wanted or did not want. And so you just kind of get stuck. Do you, do you, have you ever heard of the term um, emotional intelligence? Yes. I so I feel that a lot of times people may be wanting a relationship, but they're not, they don't have the emotional intelligence to actually be in a relationship. Um, so, and I feel like, like things that we may think is little, like a double tap on a picture, somebody else may think is like everything. Um, and it, it goes to show that, okay, well, what are your insecurities? What can I do to reassure you that I'm not cheating or I'm not doing anything wrong? Then there comes the whole trust thing. I've proven to you all this time. It just reminds me of, I always relate everything to a song, <laughs> but it reminds me of Beyonce's song, Yes, um, where every time she's done everything right, everything right, but the one time you do something that I don't like, then it's basically all hell. Um, and a lot of times I think that when we get into to relationships, we don't know each other well enough to know uh what's right what's wrong and that goes to show that if i don't know you well enough then why am i in this relationship and then on the flip side there's people that have the mentality that think unless i'm married i'm single even if they're in a relationship yo that's wild to me that's wild to me that's some new stuff right there i that's i feel like that's lazy i feel like it gives people an excuse to not be responsible and decent human beings like no if you if you're in, and, and I'm guilty of this, I will say this. If you know that it's just dating, I feel like even as fellas, we have to monitor how, especially with like how we approach women in a way to where they may think that they're in a relationship with you because there's boundaries in that too. Like, you know, if you're dating and get to know them, you can't be pulling out all your tricks. You can't be showing everything, anything to her and, and saying all the words. Like, bro, you got to dial something back. And I used to do it no matter what. Like, oh, first date, I'm going ham. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, but wait, hold on, hold on. What, you catching feelings? Like, yo, we're just dating. That's toxic. Yeah, it is. And it's not even that. It's like when you show basically all your cards or in a sense, like everything that you're capable of up front. Yeah. Now it gives them the opportunity to expect that from you all the time. So then now I remember I had a friend yeah, that she used to date this guy and he was like all lovey-dovey and everything. And then once um, she noticed, like once they like started dating, he just stopped doing everything. And he was straight up. I respect him because she asked him, like, why don't you do this stuff anymore? And he was like, well, that's when I was trying to get you. But now that I got you, I don't got to do that no more. In, that's it. But, you know, what's crazy. I was having this conversation with uh, one of my friends and I'm like, as men, it's unfortunate. We get. Actually, women get this too. We get a template on what dating is and what you should do. No one's teaching us that it is not the same. Like, well, guys, like every girl don't like roses. I had to learn that out. Every girl don't want some new shoes 
or want to go to a fancy restaurant. Some chicks want to go to In-N-Out and just be with you looking at the stars and stuff like that. And it was hard for me to realize that. And I think we get told, like, this is how you date. And if you don't do that, then you're not worthy. You're not a great man. You're not a great woman. And I think that's the problem. We have to strip that and realize cater to the person that you're with. Pay attention to the little details that make them happy, what they respond to without them telling you. And that's the way to go. And the problem is with that situation you just listed, and I've been there too, is that you're doing something that's naturally not what you want to do or what you would do in that situation. I think we should start off the way that we know we'll always be in that situation. Yeah, exactly. I definitely agree. Excuse me, the hiccups. Um, So with that being said, what is one thing that you know that you're just never going to do? Like whether it be with a relationship or a friendship or anything, I always say that all relationships are the same, despite the the type of intimacy that there is. But mm-hmm. you should treat your woman just like you would treat your best friend, and vice Absolutely. versa. Um, but a lot of people don't see it like that. So let me rephrase my question. Actually, let me just change my question. So earlier on, you said that you were you're hanging on to girl relationships to fill the void. So with trying to fill that void, what is it that you're not receiving in your other types of relationships that, that uh, you're, you're looking for? Mm, That's a, dang, that's a really good question. Um, If I could just think off the dome right now, I think my problem is uh, I'm not being reassured that, I matter or mean much. Um, And it's funny with me because me being a recording artist specifically always in front of people, um, and I'm very social too, so that adds to the problem, but a lot of people don't, aren't honest with you. Like they'll talk about you in in the most honest way to other people and you have to hear through the grapevine. And for me, someone who didn't grow up with consistency with any relationship besides my great aunt, um, that's that's alarming for me. And um, it makes me think, like, what do I have to do more to, like, to be assured that you actually care about me as a human being for real? You know, um, so I think that was my biggest issue. I forgot the original question, but <laughs> I know it ties in some way. Yeah, yeah. I, I can relate to that, though, in a sense. Like, I never had my father in my life. So when I have relationships with male figures, I tend to do more or go above and beyond mm. for my male friends. And then mm. I see that there's still something missing. So then I'll try to go and give more and do more. And I'm still not reaping. There's no reciprocation. And then yeah. I, I still feel left empty or not filling yeah. that void. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. the same with a lot of people, a lot of people, but it's about pinpointing the areas of what you need so you can be able to go and actually fulfill them or the right ways to fulfill them. And yeah. we really go about it the wrong way. Yeah. My, my biggest thing I said, my goal is, as I grow in my career, I'm a, I'm a huge advocate for therapy. Uh, honestly, it doesn't make any sense that therapy is not as easily accessible as going to school. I feel like in school, starting first grade, there should be a real therapist, not just a counselor you go to when you get in trouble or you, got a band, you need a Band-Aid. Like, a therapist that's like, hey, how's your day going? How are you, how are you dealing with the stress of schoolwork or at home, is everything fine? Boom. Because we don't have a manual for how to be human beings, but we have a manual for everything else. 
But as far as dealing with emotions and trauma and experiences, we have no help or guidance on that. And we're expected to just figure it out. Yeah, I feel like uh, in the, sorry to cut you off, in no, just in the the Black community, it's very taboo to go to a therapist or it's frowned upon or whatever the word you want to use. It's just not something that we do. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah. you know, and it's a lot of people, I know some people that don't even believe in like depression or to believe in, they don't think that it's real mental illness is real, which is crazy, but it it's, you know, something that we basically as black men and black women have to, to change the narrative of. Yeah. So my question uh, is, how, how are you changing the narrative? Well, um, one, any chance and opportunity that I get, I talk about it openly. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's with my uncles from the hood, Ray Ray and them, or <laughs> just like me when I'm on tour for this play, I'm a part of a Beat the Streets, um, it's an anti-bullying play. And when I'm talking with these students all across the United States, we have these topics of like, mental health and I speak out on it and suicide and things like that. And I talk about therapy, how important it is and how it helped me. You know, I went for two months and and was renewed and resolved so much within two months, you know, before the pandemic happened. And I benefited so much. So I talk about that. And then two, I recently started a uh, mental health aromatherapy business that hasn't been launched yet, but I, um, I'm providing like uh, natural tools like incense, Palo Santo, which I really stand behind, and uh, just different things that allowed me to get through, especially 2020, specifically mentally. Um, and I can't wait to really release that. And I want to market it towards a younger audience, and specifically the Black community, because a lot of our people don't even realize we have natural resources that we can use that helps with our mental health and space that we're um, dealing with. So that's my my way of doing it. I know I always say even to to go back to the first question I asked you and talking about the presidency um, I feel that just with all of the injustice and racial stuff that's going on it's like um, a a huge thing uh, about all of this is because as black males were looked at as a danger as a threat Um, Mm -hmm. just society where you could do absolutely nothing but you're still looked at that way. And I know I find times where there's an issue that happens and Mm -hmm. I'm among other people of different races. And because I'm usually the outspoken one, I'm like, oh, I can't say nothing. Because if I say something, it's gonna look negative. Um, And and it's just gonna come out differently than if you were to say something. Um, But I find that other races aren't like it's like they they want you to say something like they want you to to be the mouthpiece because you're going to be heard but being heard isn't as always as good as you know being listened to and there's a difference mm-hmm. um because yeah, people I mean, hear noise they... no, can you? but, but I, I was just thinking like with you saying and that's so true like they know that we will be heard the most um, but what they also don't realize they're doing it because they don't want to deal with the potential consequences. So we're really being used. <laughs> we're being used <laughs> like like in, 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 in every other way, like we're being used again. And it's crazy. It's like, dang, nobody else has to think about should I or how should I, when should I, where should I? That's always going through our brains. Crazy. And people don't, people really just don't get it. And it, it's hard for like, 
it's hard for you to explain it to somebody that just don't get it. Like, you know, like there's no, there's no one pamphlet that I have that I can give you to read that's going to make you understand anything. Um, so they literally have to see from experience. And I feel like um, the whole George, George Floyd's uh, death was um, an eye opener for a lot of people. Like this isn't the first time, like me personally, I don't go, I don't celebrate ho- like big holidays, like 4th of July or New Year's. I don't go out. I remember one New yeah. Year's, um, I think it was 2014 or 2000, not New Year's, um, 4th of July, 2014, 2015. Someone's like, oh, what you gonna do? And I was like, I ain't doing nothing. They out here killing us. And I said that, like, I wasn't, it was a, it was a joke, but I wasn't joking at the same time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. literally that day, that 4th of July, a uh, black man was killed on, handcuffed on his back i forget who it was um there's so many that you can't even you know name yeah um but it's it's like people don't realize that you when you go out we have to worry about all these things you got to worry about how you dress and then not even just for you being profiled by police officers i was having this conversation with somebody else that even though we don't realize that we do it like society has put us in this bubble and I don't know if you're if you're even aware of this is that like you'll see white people and they can go out the house looking like trash <laughs> hair not done no nothing but they took a bath we exactly <laughs> but we personally can't do that we were taught even nope. as kids like oh I, I remember I couldn't even go to school with sweats on or my mom would get on me they're gonna be thinking I don't take care of you and we're so worried about what the white man thinks about us so we move differently or we handle certain things differently and it's 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 actually a shame that we honestly we're not again heard correctly because we are trying to still live up to the the standards of what the the man has put on us yeah bro is is i me going to predominantly white schools and i realized that you know yes i am social and yes i'm genuinely like a nice person but I was putting on a lot more and didn't realize it around people who didn't look like me because I wanted to make sure they didn't feel uncomfortable. And and I and when I was realizing that, I was like, wow, like even the idea that I always had to smile too. Like that was a thing. I was like, I'm surprised my cheeks ain't fall, fall off or nothing because I smiled all the time. It was like, oh, confidence. Back then, my name was confidence instead of confidence. It's like, oh, confidence, you were. You know, oh, you're such a nice guy. Oh, oh my gosh, you're always smiling. Oh, you're so different. You're so different from the, I'm like, different from what? Well, from the others. And I used to think that was a compliment. And then I would think about it like, that's that's messed up. Like, I even had a guy, oh my gosh, senior year. We were like having our goodbyes and I was the only black in the school. It was actually choir. And he was like, you know what? Confidence, you're my first black friend I ever had. And I never thought I could say that. And I was like, and everybody's laughing and I'm in that moment laughing. And I'm thinking like afterwards, why were you laughing? That was an educational moment that you could have like, but I didn't have the tools back then that I do now to be like, that's a problem. And it's just sad. Like I literally played that, that token black guy and didn't realize, and I was switching real good when I around my black friends or family, it would go right back to normal. But it's like, it's crazy I had to do that. Yeah, it, it is sad. I know there's, um. so I have some cousins. My aunt is Black and their dad's like Hispanic and Hawaiian, but he grow up, grown, grew up pretty much white in a sense. So the, the area that they lived in was all white. And my cousins don't look 
like they have any black in them and with all this stuff going on like I like I see that they're so out of touch like they don't get it like even though all of the family that they hang around with is black dark skin they one of them told me that they they feel strange hanging around black people and I'm like huh like like so like I'm just like and then I find out that your mom is getting her degree in like African studies and I'm like she has failed you as not as a parent but as a black parent yeah and it's it's sad like you're already an adult you're 26 or something I don't know how it is and I'm just like I don't even know how to teach you to like be black it's just something that you are and you're not well maybe the reason why the mom is taking classes on that in in school because that's the insecurity that she's trying to fill in like to feel better about her blackness because if you were really passionate about making sure that you knew your history why would you not pass that down to your children it seemed like it's a cover-up that's more of a cover-up more than anything yeah yeah, I didn't even think about that, but you true. I should get her on this podcast. <laughs> Probably be family no more, but <laughs> yeah, come on in, come on in. Um, but no, it's so so true. And just with Black History Month, I feel like there's so many things, and I thank TikTok for this. I don't know if you have a TikTok or not. Yeah, but I'm on the TikTok, um, I don't post anything, but I look at videos, and it's so crazy because I've talked to other people, and I'm like, oh, like what do you when you swipe? What do you mostly see on your TikTok? And people like say like, oh, this is what I mostly see. In my personal TikTok, I usually only see things about like it, that's educating black people or educating white people on mm. black things, which is cool. Yeah. It, it's just really yeah. cool. I feel like that like that platform poly people, whoever made it, didn't um, make it for it to be used that way. But it, it's it's really important and a, and a, a good showing. Like I what I learned um, what I learned the other day that I didn't know um, off of TikTok is the word cracker. So, oh. we, okay, so we use it in, as saying white people, but the word crackers actually didn't come from that. Cracker is a term to oh. use for the, the slave owners or the person that whipped the slaves because they were cracking I the whip. Learn that. Yeah, yeah, I did learn that. Um, huh. So technically it's, it has nothing to do with the color of somebody's skin or their race. It's whoever is actually was whipping them. And sometimes it was also other slaves. Um, yeah. So that's where the term comes from. So when people go out and use it, it they are not even really, they're not using it correctly and they don't even know they're not. They're not, they're not. Yeah, yeah, dang man. That, I, they, I forgot about that. It's funny too, cause now, you know, you have these certain supporters, we ain't gonna give them too much attention, but uh, they try to use that, to, um, try to flip and be like, well, you called us this, that's right. And it's like, well, it's not racist. And this is why, because that term has no, it doesn't have a history that the word the n-word has behind it you know what i'm saying the reason why the n-word is a problem because there's a a long list of history that is super negative that is attached to it the word cracker is fairly new and back then like you said it was used in a different way which was a response to your actions and now you know what i'm saying like we we got to be mindful of that like we in this in this era where people like to flip stuff like well that's a fact or i'm gonna make my own fact and they make it make sense. And you'd be like, dang it, they could have a point. And it's like, nah, <laughs> sit down. I know um, when I was talking to, like I was saying earlier with my the kid that I mentor, um, he just, again, wasn't getting it. And he was like, well, I use these other terms. And like his rant that he was saying, I, like, I don't know what he was trying, what his point he was trying to make. I really don't know what the point he was trying to make, but mm-hmm then people started messaging him that didn't even follow him and was like white people was mm-hmm. like thank you like for posting this 
yes. And he, and the the comment was, uh, us white people need to stay together. And my friend's like, I'm not white, I'm Hispanic. And he's all like, no, you're white. He's all like, my people came down over here and raped all of your people. That's why you're so white. So, and I'm like, well, he do, the white person do got a point. Like, and, and it's so sad. Like, and I always tell people, I'm like, if you're not part of the solution, that means you're part of the problem. If you're not saying anything at all, you're part of the problem. Like you have to, it's not, it's not okay anymore to just stand by by the sidelines. Even if you don't agree with what people are doing to just stand by, you actually have to say something. You have to be vocal. Yep. And and I feel like it's it's most important to be vocal when you're with people face to face, when you seeing people, especially as, as a person who wants to be an ally that is not of color, you need to speak out and be like, hey, that's wrong, and this is why. And even if you don't have all the tools or the education behind it, just saying that's wrong helps. You know what I'm saying? And people just scared, and I get it. And, you know, but shout out to the people who are trying. I do see people on TikTok, too, and people speaking out to their mamas and dads and, you know, recording. And I'm like, all right, now nah, I see you, you know. I like a lot of people like like to say, well, that's none of my business. But I, I'm... Exactly. It definitely is your business. If something happens in front of you that is wrong, that person or those people have made it your business because they did it in front of you. And it just makes me, I remember I was in Walmart and this isn't even a racial thing, but this guy was getting belittled by his boss. Um, and like everything inside of me wanted to say something and check her because like, oh, yeah. you're not going to disrespect him in front of me. Like, mm-hmm. but I didn't say anything. And then after I left the store, I'm like, that was a freaking perfect opportunity Cause he yeah. wasn't going to say anything and he, you know, and I'm just like, and I missed that opportunity and I felt so yeah. bad about it, but there's nothing I can do at the time. The time has passed. Um, yeah. So to get into my next, subject, cause it's about saying stuff when the time has passed. I know that to go back to the album and the relationships, I know a lot of times people, um, well, for me, this is a thing for me. If I've done something to you and it may have hurt you and I didn't realize that it hurt you and you don't say anything, to me, that means you're okay with it. You may not be okay with it, but that means you're okay with it. So when you do something and I speak up because I don't like it, you are not allowed at this time to say anything about something I did three months ago. Because if yeah. you had a real big problem with it, you should have said it then. Um, what are your thoughts yeah. on that? You know, the first thing I think about, and this is no offense to nobody, but shout out to my lovely cancers. You know, I was raised by a cancer, strong, beautiful woman. And uh, that seems to be a, a trait that they have, or uh, not all, of course, but I, I, I agree. My, my whole thing is communication, communication, communication. If you do not communicate and tell people how you want to be treated, how are they supposed to know? It's, it, and I think it's a part of our responsibility to relay information. And yes, sometimes it's very hard um, to do that. It's uncomfortable, but we have to learn that. And I think like, that's what we need to be raising our children to do more of. You know, I, I've been, uh, I don't have kids yet, but my niece, you know, I'm really close to my niece and I've been raising her to be that way. But now I'm trying to dial it back. Cause she too, <laughs> I was spoken at top, <laughs> you know, she, she talk a little too much, you know, but uh, um, I think is that is a trait that we all need to learn to have, you know, regardless of what your, your nature is like, that's important, you know? And that's how you set up boundaries. I was saying before in one of my podcasts that there's a four step rule and if people don't follow this, if something happens to you, you do something, you're supposed to let them know like, Hey, this bothers me in a neutral tone. Then if they do it again, you let them know again, Hey, like I told you before that this bothered me, but you, 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 you know, doing it again. So now I'm going to request Mm -hmm. to you 
that you're not doing it again and I'm not going to tolerate that no more. Yep. Then and also it's like, yeah, there you go. You get into it. Yeah. <laughs> then they may do it again. So now at this point, you're going to be like, Hey, I told you don't do it again. If you do it one more time, then, you know, like all bets are off kind of thing. And then yep, at that constantly. time, if they do it the last, the fourth time, you know, or three times and you're out kind of thing, fourth time, you're just like, mm-hmm. you, there's not, you don't got to say nothing to them. You just got to, yeah. you know, ice them out because at this point they already know what they did. You don't yeah. have to explain it to them. What? And the thing is too, if you saying like, if you continue to do this, I'm going to do this. You have to literally stand up behind that and actually do it because if not then they're like oh you're not really serious you're just talking and that's why a lot of guys say that too with women like you know like women like oh i'm tired of you i'm gonna leave you for doing this or doing that the reason why in any situation someone continues to treat you wrong is because you've allowed them to do it and they have faced no consequences people can deal with some screaming some yelling you know you bleaching some clothes or doing some crazy stuff and get past it that's temporary, you know what I'm saying? But there's no real consequences behind it because then now, look, y'all back together, y'all all up on each other again. And, you know, so it, it is a training in a way. Like, you got to train a pet, train a child, you got to train. Yeah, you got to do that in relationships, man. That's basically what I tell because I'm a life coach. I do relationships. I'm like, you got the dog whisperer, I'm the relationship whisperer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, it's, it's really, really true, though. Like, I feel like people, they just sometimes people are not toxic until they get into the relationship and then their toxic traits that they already possess but haven't come out start to come out mm-hmm. but you know what though i think i honestly think that you normally can see all of their toxic traits early i think the problem is that like i was mentioning in my first song red flags on the project we ignore them or we get this little like instinct like hmm that's a little strange and we just keep it moving whether it's because we think they fine as hell whether it's because they got all these things that I like on my checklist or whether because I'm just desperate and I don't want to be by myself. But a lot of times I feel like you'll notice that everything ties to that red flag or red flags that you ignored early on. So then my question is, can we really get mad and tell somebody not to do something that we saw potentially happening early on? Like they showed you who they were. Exactly. That's what I tell people too. I'm like, well, you can't really get mad at him because you knew that this is who he was yeah. when you became a part of it, or this is who she yeah. was when you became a part of it. So you already knew that I'm this is that person. So why are you getting mad? But you, yeah, you know, I'm not good. that you can't be mad, but you can't say nothing. You can't say nothing. Sit there and shut your mouth. <laughs> you know? To leeway, let's play red flags right now. I'm beginning to believe my lies Like I don't know what I came for I'm just really here passing time But it's like I'm stuck on the ride And the thrill fades by the third try Should've never been a you and I I'm choosing to stay cause I know You can be beneficial Too many chances to go Should've been left you alone, alone, alone and I'm conflicted on the love. Now I stick around knowing it's no love, no love, no love. Ooh, no love, no love. And I stick around knowing it's no love, no love, no love. Ooh, no love, 
Okay, that's that song. I feel like the most important lyric on your project is the first line of mm. this song. I begin wow. to believe my lies. <laughs> I'm beginning to mm. believe my lies. And I feel that sometimes we, we ignore certain things yeah. and then they become truths to us, the things that we ignore. Um, yeah. And it's it really hard to like earn, learn, learn those, or unbelieve those things. Like, and you, you, you then turn into a certain person and then now you believe that you're the person because you've been in this relationship so long and you forget, you lose touch with yourself. Um, so my yeah. question is, um, have you lost touch of yourself in any of your relationships? I almost did. Uh, actually, the one that this project is mainly about, <laughs> shout out to her. Uh, I, uh, nah, you know, you know, it's funny too. It's funny before I get to that, the question, I actually played this for her before it was released, the whole thing. And I was like, this is kind of petty, though. I'm like, so what'd you think? And she was like, cool. Couldn't say nothing. Bro, I was like, yo, and I thought about it later, like, that was kind of messed up, bro. Like, she knows about her ass. Um, but, um, um, dang, what was the original question? My bad. Have you ever lost touch of yourself? Yeah, um, I, I almost did. Um when I realized that I was getting to the point where I was getting super angry and just filled with like resentment to the point where I was lashing out verbally um, in ways that I don't, I've never done in my life. I was like, oh, I'm becoming, I've adapted this version of myself. Like, oh, I gotta be this guy now in this relationship to make it last. Oh, you like being put in place? You like when I talk to you in a toxic way? That's what keeps you coming, like, like chilling out? Okay, I'm going to be that guy. And I was like, wait, that is not good. Like, yo, you got to really stop. Um, and it was one incident that happened that really changed the entire dynamic. It was like the icing on the cake. I was like, you know what? I see myself going in a direction I don't want to go in. Let me leave. And so what happened first, I should have did it the opposite way. Internally, I left. But I was still there. Which is why that second verse talks about, like, you know, you can see in my eyes, like, there's no love. I changed myself and I didn't, I was just like, nope, whenever we went out, we went on dates and everything. And I was just playing the funk, like just going, playing my role. I should have left. And if I decided to give a reason, gave a reason, but she already knew the reason and ended it. But I stayed in it for a good, like three, four months, like numb to her. And, uh, and then I decided to leave, but I made her in the relationship instead of me doing it, which was so messed up. I'll never do that again. Because I go into potential. I hate endings. I hate ending something because it, it, it reflects my past. And like nothing lasts as good. Wow. And it's not, it's not true. That's just life. It changes all the time. Um, so yeah, that's why I did it. I had to, I, I made her in the relationship because I was so distant. Yeah, that's, that's deep. That's real deep. So my, my question is, so what are you doing now? Like you're not in a relationship. And so that means that void that you normally would try to fill with the relationship. How are you filling that void now? Or what are you doing to be able to fill that void? Well, I am like casually dating and trying to apply what I learned about myself in that way. But I'm not really taking nothing serious. I'm really just focusing on everything that makes me happy, which is my music, my new business titled Beyond Me, and also um, learning myself more. Like, I'm definitely, I said, before I get to another serious relationship, I'm definitely getting some therapy ASAP. Like, 
Um, and just, yeah, I'm just really just focusing on things that make me happy. And I'm also calling myself out when I know I'm doing too much to distract myself from what I'm really feeling. Because I'm very guilty of that. Like, if I'm doing too much all at once and I'm constantly moving and not sitting down and, like, watching something on Netflix or doing whatever, it's like, oh, you're dealing with something and you don't want to face it. What is it? Let's chill. Let's let's figure this out. How do you balance all that with your career and the, your new business plus finding time for, like you said, yourself and to chill out? Um, <laughs> Having a damn scal- a calendar, a schedule. <laughs> and literally saying by 5 p.m. every day, I am no longer doing this and this and that. Like, and it's kind of weird to do that with your life, but literally I have to do that for my life. And it changes every day. That's what makes me happy. I can't have the same routine every day. That would drive me nuts. Like people who wake up, brush their teeth, go to work, go to the gym, then come home, make dinner, then watch their favorite show, go to sleep. I can't do that. It has to switch up for me. Yeah. Have you heard of the... um? The performance, uh, I don't want to get the name of the damn uh, book wrong. Um, the High Performance Planner. So nah. it's on Amazon. This is a shameless plug, and I'm not getting any money for this. I probably shouldn't even say this. <laughs> but um, the High check Performance, check. right? High Performance Planner. <laughs> um, so basically, what it is, it's a planner that you can't even see it, can you? No, because what I can see a little bit, yeah. Okay. So, anyways, it's, a, it's the only downfall about the planner is that it's huge as hell. Um, but it's only for one month and you can buy mm. them in a set. Um, so like right now they're on sale for Amazon, I think for like $50 for a whole year set. Um, and it basically, when you write out your day, like you can do it the month week, and then it has the day parts and every morning it basically sets your mindset up so you can have a successful day in a sense. So like some of the questions mm. on there is one thing that I can get excited about today is um, if one word could describe the kind of person I want to be today, what would it be? someone that mm. I need to, someone that needs me on the A game. Um, and then it just has a list of questions. And then at the evening, you're going to fill it out too, to basically, um, this says a moment that I really appreciated today was a situation or task I could have handled better was, and it just basically mm. analyzes your day. And because I feel like sometimes we'll, we go day to day, and we don't really think about, you know, what happened or until like weeks later. Yeah. Um, so this a planner i think they're like 20 dollars a piece or you can buy like a set like a whole year work for 50 dollars. so why not um and it really just breaks breaks everything down for you and it just makes you analyze your life and makes you see see things differently about like oh man i could have handled this you know or i need i you know and it just has the days where you can actually plan everything out because for me it it's helpful because i do so many different things so i'm like okay if i structure this out then I know that this is the time that I have for this. And it's some people me like, well, just Perfect. make time. It's not, it's no, it's not always that easy just to make time because I'm oh. doing other stuff or it'd be the right. one thing that I just won't do anything. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which is cool though. You got to have those days where you do nothing. You have to, especially people like us that's constantly busy. Like, and you're really like driven and, and, and have a lot of like goals in mind. You have to. And for me, that's hard. I get like, I started moving and like feeling weird if I'm literally sitting down, not doing nothing. I was like, bro, what is wrong? It's okay to chill and eat that damn Snickers bar and watch this show or just like do nothing. Like, you know, but we have to retrain ourselves because that's another thing about millennials too. We have all these memes and stuff and everybody telling us if you, if you sleep, 
<laughs> I don't know what the slogan is. Like, if people who are who are successful don't sleep. And if you want to diss it, it's like, that is, that's not even healthy at all. Freaking TikTok that are, do one video go viral and now they're making a, a grip of money. But yeah. I could never do that because I tried to do one TikTok and I'm like, oh, either I'm too old for this app or nah, like, you got to put- on TikTok. <laughs> they got, like, people put so much time and energy into TikTok. And I'm just like, who has time to, to, like, who has the time just to make one video? Some people take like two hours. And I'm like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. But that it goes to show you when you want something bad enough that you're going to go out yep. and get it no matter what it is. And sometimes you really Absolutely. just have to, to plan for it. Um, so with that being said, the whole podcast is create your own story. What are you, how, one question is, how did you know that this is the story that you wanted to create? Were you being a singer and like, were, when did you find this out? When did you know that this is the route I'm going in and I'm going to give it my all? And how did you know? Um, well, well, honestly, my mom, my mom told, told me this from the few conversations we've had, you know, there's nothing against her. But, uh, but uh, when, when uh, I was in her stomach, stomach she used to play music all the time. And she, and she said that she was literally, literally driving. And, and I, would I would literally dance, dance or kick on beat to whatever's playing on the radio. So it started, started there. Then, then being, being a toddler. toddler and I had, I had my first little crush in, in like preschool. This girl named Deborah. Shout out to Deborah. And I sung the Luther, Luther Vandross song to her. It was any day now. No, no, don't, don't you remember? remember. My favorite, favorite Evangelist on my. Oh, and no, and no, none of the kids. Actually, actually, no, it was five. Yeah, it was five. Yeah, it was five. Just, just turned five. five. None, none of the kids knew what I was singing. And I remember, and I remember in that, in that moment, moment watching her, her look, look like, what are you singing? But I like this. And everybody around me, like, just like still watching me. In that moment, I was like, wow, I had everybody's attention. And instantly I was like, man, I could do a lot with that. Like, I remember at five really thinking, like, I could do so much with people being able to sit still and focus on me. And as I got older and started doing more shows, and even when I'm just speaking and it's not necessarily singing, I realized that I have something that I feel like God gave me to where when I open my mouth, people want to hear what I have to say. And singing and music is only the door that's going to open a lot more for me. And I, feel and I feel like, like I'll, I'll be, be able to literally, literally have, an impact. have an impact. Not change, not change the world, because that's, that's impossible. I used to have that mindset, mindset and I think that's toxic for anybody. But I, but really, I really do think I would be able to shift um, mindsets in a positive way, whether it's through music, whether it's speaking on an interview like right now, or putting out a brand like Beyond Me and helping people with their mental health. Like that is my mission. And I knew that this is something I was supposed to do because God kept reconfirming that this is what you need to do based off of people's response to what I was doing. That makes sense. I know like with this this podcast, like, so I never wanted a podcast. <laughs> I wanted, originally I wanted like, I want to say 2009, I was like, I knew I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to have a TV show. Mm. Um, and I was like, how am I going to get this TV show? Um, and I used to I record a whole bunch of videos. I never posted anything, though. Um, so before mm. I could post them, I was one video that my cousin was in, and he thought that he was going to get in trouble. And I would have never posted that because I would have gotten in trouble for it. <laughs> he erased all of my footage. <laughs> and I was just like defeated Uh, so I was like okay what else I'm gonna do so then I was like okay I'm gonna I have this gig for to be on the real world 
and it was like one oh, of the what? later seasons and i'm like i know because you know i'm gonna act up so i can get noticed and then i'm gonna be able to uh, use this <laughs> you know and i didn't go to the 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 thing because um i remember i went to i used to go to one church in la and Nisi Nash was on there and she had made a point that like people are trying to be something that they're not in a sense and that's how they get famous mm-hmm. but now they have to keep up with that reputation and is that who you really want to be and I was and oh. I literally sat there and I'm like that's not who I want to be like you know so I'm just yeah. like okay I'm not going to do it so I end up thinking like what do I really want to do and I, I really didn't know the one thing that I did know is that I liked I love music and that I loved helping people so um, I was able to for some odd reason always like being able to talk to artists such as yourself um, and just find a way you know and I love helping up-and-coming artists like I used to work with K Michelle before she's like became a show you know now Um, and I've worked with people from um, I don't know if you know Sophia Fresh that was signed to T-Pain yeah 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 um, and, um, like one of the, Sophia Fresh Sky from Sophia Fresh is one of my best friends. And there's like Tamel that just dropped a project. And like, there's all these artists mm-hmm. that I've like, was able to work with. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to be in the music industry. I'm just going to work behind the scenes in the mu- music industry. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. now nah, my per- personality's too dope. Like I, I look too fly. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I'm too, like I, I, like I'm too dope to be behind the scenes. So yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that's not what it's going to, that's not what's going to happen. That's not what's going to happen for me. And I still really didn't know. And then this year, two years ago, um, no, like three years ago, whatever, 21? So four years ago, I was like, you know, I'm just going to, I really like helping people. So I'm going to go to school and be a life coach because being a therapist mm. is too much school and ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> yeah. So I did the whole life coach thing and it still just wasn't, you know, like I was fulfilled, but mm. I wasn't fully fulfilled. And I'm like, well, yeah, how yeah. am I going to be able to do this? And then just even just last year, this past year, people, I was on a podcast and almost a year ago today. Um, and I like really enjoyed it. And I'm like, huh, but I didn't think that it would be something that I could do. Like, I didn't mm. think it would be possible for me to do something like that. Um, wow. And then people kept speaking, speaking it over my life. Like, oh, you'd be good at a podcast. You know, you'd be dope. And I'm like, nah, I don't have, you know capability of doing that it's just gonna be too much money it's gonna be too much and like literally when I finally said okay I'm gonna do it yeah. everything fell into place I didn't have to pay for anything like I got a free wow. like a good my like literally like like it was a de- my destiny like I just had to believe in it um that's how it works exactly and that's why the like the whole thing is about creating your own story and yeah. putting out who you want to be and just like you were saying earlier, like, is God going to be pleased with what I'm putting out and God's going to do, you know? So there's, if people that are listening to this, they'll see other um, parts of different podcasts where I'm like, okay, I like to shoot the shit with my friends and talk about stuff that's going on in, in society or even just social media and just with artists. Yeah. But at the same time, we're just talking shit for lack of a better words. And then we're not really thinking like, what is this person really going through? Like mm-hmm. we're laughing at them, but like yeah. it's really not yeah. a laughing matter. Um, um, which is why the podcast was called The Rundown because I'm just running down the news and just telling you my opinion on what people are going through. Like even with um, the Meg The Stallion and Tory Lanez thing, like I made a tasteless yeah. joke. It was tasteless. It was funny, but it was tasteless. <laughs> um, oh, man. Um, I made the comment. I was like, well, like how did he shoot her in the ankle? Was she galloping away to play on the words of a stallion? <laughs> Very tasteless. 
<laughs> very tasteless but it was funny you know like but you know and I'm thinking mm-hmm. that's gonna win and then I'm just like nah like that's not who I want to be as a person yeah it's crazy because every choice that we make as people who are in the forefront it is a responsibility and that's why I kind of get frustrated when you see certain celebrities or people who are just like you know popular say I didn't ask to be a role model I didn't ask to. I, I'm not trying to be that. I'm like, yeah, that is a thing that the public needs to realize. Everybody's not meant to be a role model. However, the person that unfortunately has this influence, you just have to be a little bit more careful. And the way that you go about your influence and how you present yourself doesn't have to be the way that the next person is doing it. It just has to be true to you. And you also have to apply a filter always and understand, am I proud of this? Or will I be proud of this two years from now, five years from now? Is there another uh, outside purpose outside of what it's being presented now? You know, like even for me, like I struggled transitioning, you know, being part of church and all of that stuff to now singing R&B. And I've always sung R&B even in church, but fully transitioning to an R&B artist. And I was, you know, close with like my pastor and deacons. And I recently had that conversation with my pastor and it was so comforting because he's always been supportive. And he would even say it in front of the congregation, like, we are so proud of our brother for allowing God to use him in a way that is untraditional. And I think that is important. We cannot judge people based off of how God is using them because we don't know. Even if they're a hot mess, maybe God needs them to be a hot mess to show somebody what they shouldn't be doing. So you got to chill. We got to chill on that. We got to realize there are different ways to go about God's plan. And you just got to be mindful of that, attentive to what God is telling you. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. There's this um, song um, by, uh, I'm drawing up, the um, Clark sisters on their last project that's called Minister to, Minister to Broken Ministry. I don't know what the song's called. I'm not even going to lie. I'm not going to hold you. (laughs) I want people to listen to it, though, but let me just get the the right name. I listen to it all the time. You think that I would uh, know the name of the song? Uh, okay, let me see. It's um, "Broken to Minister." Okay, I was close. <laughs> um, and it basically talks about like sometimes, like in a sense, like not in, we're not impasse in a sense, but more so that, like sometimes the stuff that you're going through in your life, it's not for you. You're going through yeah. it so somebody else can learn from it. And yeah. I feel like sometimes we we get onto the the why me card and that's specifically why I asked you what would be the one question that you would ask God uh, because sometimes we always get on the why is me why is me but we have to have the mindset is why not me like what makes me yeah. so special that I'm not going to go, go that I shouldn't go through this yeah yeah that's very true I always say like if an athlete has to go through you know crucial training especially to be in the Olympics I look at it like that you're going to fall you're going to break something or hopefully not, but you're going to get bruised and you're going to go through a lot, but it'll be worth it once you get that gold medal. And we all want the gold medal, whatever that is. And it requires us to go through a lot to get it. It's just not a hop and a skip and a jump, you know, and we got to just constantly remind ourselves that. So true. So you have a new single out, um, came out yes. February 12th, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, correct, correct. Well, correct. Give us some info on that. Yeah, proud of you. Um spelled P-R-A-D-A-U, but um, I'm basically saying proud of you. And, uh, you know, Black folks, we say things a little different, you know, Prada. Uh, But I'm I'm really uh, excited about this one. It's um, basically me being in a situation where I'm not necessarily in a relationship, but it is a start of one, and it's based off of her leaving a toxic one. 
And I'm telling her, like, I am proud of you for choosing yourself first. Because in a confident way, I'm basically saying over here is healthy. And you know it. The energy is right. I'm, I'm constantly feeding into you. And now you've allowed yourself to receive that. And I'm proud of you, you know. Um, and I just think it's going to speak to a lot of people. Um, it's a very vibey, kind of like trap soul-ish, R&B trap, uh, yeah, trap song that I'm really happy about. Perfect, perfect. And then when can we expect another project from you? Man, I am working on that. Hopefully, I'll say June-ish. It all depends on how the singles go. But uh, this this year, I'm focusing on just really um, pushing the music as much as possible, getting that energy out there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really uh, excited for this new year. I got a lot of stuff coming coming up, and God has already been showing out. Literally, we're not even like we halfway through the month. So I'm just I know I got some work to do. Yeah, that's that's amazing. So um, I will say that how, how are you, I, I don't like, I don't like this question. So let me rephrase it. So the question I was going to ask is what makes you different than anybody else, but mm-hmm. you're different than anybody else because nobody else is like you. That's obvious. Yeah, so yeah. what it, what is one thing that will gravitate people to your music? Um, I feel like, I feel the, like first the first thing, thing will be the honesty, the honesty um, especially, especially coming, coming from a black, black male in R&B. In R&B. Um, I like to, I like just, to just I like to talk, I like to talk, talk about subjects that, that either haven't been, been talked about, about before, before or do, or it, do it, in it in a different way. way. It hasn't been heard. And then to my attention to details. I've learned, I've learned that, that well, you know, well, you I'm, a know I'm a big fan of psychology, and, and I just music, music is nothing but science, really. And, and um, there, are there are ways to grab people's attention, attention and, and, and have, have someone really, really gain an experience that was positive from it, from it without, without them realizing it, whether it is a certain background, vocals or stacks, or whether, or whether it's like something in the production that is a sound selection that is cool and interesting that feels in the space that's empty. Like I like to really. Think about, think about every, every aspect, aspect of, the of the song. It's not, it's not just, just lyrics or just melody, it's everything. And, and I, I really like, like some songs literally have, have seven versions, versions or 10 versions of it. Um, and, um, and I think when people listen to my music, music they'll understand me, but, but also pay attention and see like, like wow, he really, he really took his time with that. Yeah, I think that the, the, the one thing that I enjoyed about the Red Flags project is that the songs are, are all related. I feel like most albums don't do that. Like the last album that I can think of that was like, that was the Destiny Fulfilled album where like each song like tangled into another song. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like a a book in a sense. And I felt like your project was kind of like that. Like it tells a story about this particular relationship, even if it is several relationships, it, it, Mm it's something that's so relatable. And I know R. Kelly always used to say, if he didn't say this and I apologize, but, but R. Kelly always used to say, if you write your, your, your soul, then your heart, then you're always going to be in business. You're always going to have a job in a sense, because that's their calling. But one thing that I didn't touch on that I wanted to, before I let you go, and I feel like it's a huge thing with black people and is um, dating outside of your race. Ooh. Look, you know what? I, honestly, I'm all for it, man. I, I think it's silly to have limitations on what is meant for you. Like, I just think that if you're going to date outside your race, 
make sure you're doing all that you can to understand that other person's background. And I understand you won't know everything, but be sensitive, be open-minded, and just truly be yourself. Um, unfortunately, I uh, have heard stories and actually know family members who have dated outside the race and actually are married. And I'm looking at them and they are not themselves around them. And that is like scary as hell to me. So I just say, just be yourself. Um, be okay with being yourself. And, you know, just really, really try to be sensitive to what it is that your differences are. That's it. I totally agree. I personally, um, I don't have a problem with dating outside of my race. I don't think that I would personally date anybody that's white for two reasons. One, mm. I'm just really not just attracted to white people. <laughs> um, except for oh, Candace Kennel. Shout out to Candace Kennel. Wherever she's at in this world. Um, I went to high school. Uh, But um, the other reason is just for the simple fact with everything that we experience, I feel that that sometimes it's, you'll never fully understand what I'm going through. And because of that, I feel like it it would be too hard. Um, It's not impossible. Um, It's not impossible. But it, for me, I feel that it it is just going to be a disconnect. Um, yeah, I know. For, I for all I know, actually, I might marry a girl. I, but yeah, you look. It's, that's funny. I was just going to say that it's you know a lot of times we say, oh, I ain't gonna never have kids. I ain't gonna never date this person. and do that, and then you'd be like five years later, ten years later, like, oh, remember what you said? It's like, yeah, you're right, you're right. So, um, but I do. I know that is a big concern. I do uh, understand that. I fortunately do have great examples of interracial couples in my life. Um, even one being my manager, shout out to Cher, uh, Sammy and Meredith. Like, um, I see that, you know, they actually constantly are having open discussions about what is going on and how they feel about it. And they're constantly educating themselves. And I think that is just important. Like you have to be humble and you have to know who you're with, you know, um, and especially in an interracial relationship, you got to ask those tough questions straight from the bat. Like, I'm not even spending $50 on your meal <laughs> on the first date until we have this conversation first. And then we'll figure that out. But speaking of that, um, I'm going to let you go soon. But speaking of that, spending $50, do you believe that it's okay for the woman to pay? Honestly, that's that's kind of fire to me. That, I don't know. I, my thing is, I'm attracted to strong women. Like, and I know uh, that's kind of cliche now. People like, you know, men like to say that to kind of get that woman um, audience or like fan base. Like, no, literally, I've always been attracted to a woman that knows what she wants and is okay with taking on certain roles or certain things. Because to me, what that shows me is that you are not depending on anything. You are solely an independent person and you want someone who's only going to be a match and elevate you. And to me, that shows a sign of that. That that would make me trust you a little bit more. Now, of course, I'm not going to allow you to keep always paying, but you offering and then you actually doing it and not just like doing a fake like, oh, I got it. Because I saw some memes where the, I'm calling the ladies out. Y'all be doing that on purpose and y'all have no intention on paying and don't have no money. Like, don't do that. Because I'm going to be like, all right. <laughs> You're going to pay for the wings. Yeah, pay for the wings real quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I do appreciate you doing this podcast with me and just really being able to tell your own story in your own words. Um, Where can people find you and your music? And yeah. 
Yeah, you can find me on all social media platforms at Khan Kilian. Khan is C-O-N. Kilian is K-I-L-L-I-O-N. It's like million, but with a K. And um, yeah, on YouTube and everything, man, just just look me up. And uh, I appreciate you if you check out the music, the new music, the old music, and uh, follow this journey. I got a lot in store. Yeah, I will say, people, um, his music is amazing. But not only that, I will say that if you're in any type of business, please brand yourself on social media. That is actually how I found you. Um, I was swiping oh. on the stories on on Instagram. And I seen wow. the part for Red Flags. And I'm like, oh, this actually sounds good. Because usually some of the people that do stuff on the, the, the music's kind of whack. I'm not even yeah. going to lie. But, but I said, oh, this actually sounds good. So I was like, okay, well, let me go back and go listen, like, you know, go go to the whole project and listen to it. And I'm yeah. like, oh, the whole project is good. Um, wow. So I will say that for people who are, no matter what you're doing, please market yourself on social media because it is effective. Yeah, wow. I didn't even know that. I appreciate that, bro. And I appreciate you even shouting me out. And on the, I think it was one of the earlier episodes. And uh, and I had no idea. That is the best compliment because I don't know. It just it just reconfirms for me that I'm doing something right and that I should just keep doing it. Because as artists, we do doubt ourselves at times. We kind of question and we wonder if we should be going a different direction. But that really meant a lot. And what you're doing is really powerful, bro. And you just got to keep doing it, keep pushing. And uh, you're going to really, like I told you before, you're going to definitely uh, change some lives for sure and inspire people. I appreciate that. We're definitely going to have to have you on again uh, once the project yeah, comes man, out. Project come out. Um, yeah. And then it. I have a playlist that's out now, y'all, too. Once 2020 was my favorite 20 songs of 2020. Um, and I did actually a podcast on that. You guys can listen to that now. Um, and Khan has the number 16th song or 17th song on the playlist of 2020 with red flags. Yeah. Um, and then I have a new playlist out now. It's called uh, Terrell Garnett Presents Men's, the Men's Edition. And there's about mm. three songs of Khan's on there. So please check that out. Oh. Um, oh, and shoot. Yeah, there's 40 songs of some of the, I feel some of the best songs that has come out within the last year or so from artists such as Avant, um, Jagged Edge, um, who else is on there? Um, Ro James, Samo. Um, yeah, yeah it's just some really good artists. And I feel that my key thing is that I still want it to be able to do, to promote artists in a way that was true to me. And I was able to be able to help people tell their own story and not have the media tell it for them. So, yeah, again, I thank you. Keep keep it up, bro. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. And I uh, wish you an amazing 2021, bro. And that's all we have for you today. I hope you enjoyed yourself. On this episode of Create Your Own Story with Terrell Garnett. We'll catch you next time.